What's going on, guys? It's episode two of Pittsburgh Baseball Now or the Murfanko Experience or whatever the hell you want to call this show. Or I, I, I don't know. We haven't came up with a name yet. Uh, Twitter, you got it. You got to help. You got to help some brothers out here because I am at a loss for words of what the hell to name this show. All I know is we're having fun. It's a brand new experience, the Murfanko experience. Hell, that's what I'm calling it. Screw it. Um, <laughs> we got a pretty damn good episode lined up today. Got a pretty good interview coming up uh and some big news my buddy murph dog anthony murphy is here (laughs) he's live and he is beautiful anthony say hi to the people for the first time on this podcast man what is going on everybody i'm really excited to be here sorry for missing last week feeling a little bit under the weather but good to go now really excited for this goddamn bug stomach bug whatever man it kept you out i know i you know i i i didn't know what to do i was lost without my big bear over here (laughs) and that beautiful goatee fu man shoe i don't know what to call it but it's freaking beautiful yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) but guys we got a pretty big interview coming and we got to introduce the man of the hour and that's the herminator jack herman jack say what's up to the people and welcome to the show man what's going on everybody good to be here absolutely brother um you know just to get things rolling here uh how i like to start every uh interview process is um kind of get your opinion on yourself uh speaking from the third person so for everyone who doesn't know who jack herman is on and off the field how would you describe yourself to people um i would say on the field and anywhere on near the field i would say i'm I would like to think I'm, I'm a funny guy. I like to keep things loose. Either it's during practice, during the game, um, just making people smile and laugh, whether I'm doing good or doing bad. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. And then just a hard worker. I mean, that's all I want to be known as, whether I'm good in a game or bad in the game or my career is 20 years long or a year long. You know, I just want people to, like, remember that I just wasn't out there just going through the motions. You know, I was just trying to get better every day, and, and that was the goal yeah yeah you absolutely have gotten better every day that we've seen you um you know we want to get a feel for you know how it was like for you growing up and your inspirations and things of that sort and my man Murph Dog has quite a few questions that pertain to that so Anthony why don't you get that started one thing that I love about doing this one thing I've loved about uh getting you know players like you on is like we all have a story about baseball itself you know uh, how we fell in love with the game and, and, and stuff like that. Maybe just speak on to, did you have like a specific moment or something like that, that you like, okay, well, one that I, you know, this is baseball. This is my love passion kind of thing. And two kind of like, I want to make a career out of this. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up, I had older siblings. So I had two older brothers. One of them didn't play baseball, but the other one played baseball. Um, they're in their thirties now. Um, and my one brother went to my high school. So I just remember growing up and being like, one of my first memories is like being like five or four or five, six years old. And I was like bat boying of my high school's, my brother's high school's Legion team. Um, so I got to be in the dugout with all the guys who were 16, okay. 17. Um, and then as the season rolled around, like the, the head coach of the high school team used to bring me out in the field and play with me and like uh, hit me ground balls and stuff. Um, but I would say the biggest thing that got me into that was my dad. Uh, we were, 
I have pictures. I wish I could pull them up right now, but I have pictures of me probably at like three and a half, four years old, fully dressed in a baseball uniform, waiting for him to get home from work, <laughs> sitting at the steps. Um, and we would just go out in front in the yard. It wasn't like we were going to play on any dirt. And I'm in a full uniform just waiting for him to get home. Um, so it was kind of That's instilled. Awesome. In, baseball was like instilled in, in me um, growing up. And as long as I remember, I had pictures of me in diapers hitting balls. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's always been a passion of mine. And once I realized through middle school and getting recognition and, and going through high school, um, I realized I can make a career out of it. And I kind of just went with it. Yeah, I mean, Do you have like a uh, a specific team or a specific uh, play or something like that 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 you really maybe not not just maybe padding your game after or just was like favorite player growing up. Uh favorite player. So I'm a Phillies fan. Um, mm-hmm. Well, not anymore. I play for the Pirates, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but I I grew up 20 minutes, 25 minutes outside of Philly. Um, okay. So all Philly sports were really special to me growing up. Um, so the youngest I remember Philly sports was like Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, um, Shane Victorino, like that group that won the World Series in 2008. <clears throat> um, that's kind of the group that I grew up with. Um, but it's ironic that my favorite player, like growing up my whole life, was Andrew McCutcheon, which is kind of weird to, um, to now yeah. play and, and, and live where he was living, you know, yeah, um, here in Pirate yeah, City for a little awesome. bit. Yeah, I mean, now now you've excited Pirates fans, and now you have to live up to his expectations, Jack. You don't know what you yeah. did. <laughs> no, I'm, that's fine by me. I like I like the challenge. All right. I, the, do I have a confirmation that you're going to get dreads now? Oh, no, that would not go well. My hair, <laughs> just, my hair could never do that. After growing my hair out a couple of times, uh, I've gotten enough, enough talk from my girlfriend and my mom. I'd stay in short for a while. The beard will grow out, but the hair I look home I look homeless if I do both I can't I can't pull it off I'm not a guy that can pull it off I I, I feel that 100% you, you got to listen to the females in your life man you got to listen exactly. to mom and the girlfriend wife whatever um exactly. what the one question I had for you you know growing up obviously you've had a boatload of coaches uh come in and out of your life um you know teaching you different philosophies and um you know things of that sort um who sticks out to you as maybe one of the bigger inspirations or the best teachers and do you still communicate with said individual to this day? Yeah. Um, I would definitely say like, other than my father, like my father goes without a doubt, like the best influencer and, and coach that I've ever had. Um, but other than that, it was, uh, I still keep in touch with him to this day. I give lessons at a facility and he comes in like once or twice a week and I get to see him. Um, but I used to play for the, this team called the Souters of Young Guns from I would say nine or 10 to 13. Okay. Um, and I had this coach's name was Pat Fisher and boy, was he hard on us, but you didn't realize in the moment how great it was, you know? Yeah. Um, he was, a, he was a great baseball coach, but he was more like, we got more out of life and more life things that, out of him than, uh, than all that, you know, like if you're late to practice, you run, like it's the same relates. If you're late to work, you get in trouble. You know, right, right. it's like it, it all it all relates all everything that we would do was for a reason. Um, it, there was times when he was yelling on us on the field that it was like we would break down and just start crying at our age. But then you look back and like everyone that I talked to from that team, they're like, he was probably one of the best coaches we've ever had. Um, and if I, I if I could name the, some of the players on that team that we had, we had 
Buddy Kennedy, who plays for the Diamondbacks now. He's in the Fall League. We had Jason Groom, who was a first-round overall pick in 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. We, had, we had me. We had a buddy I go, that goes to Pitt now. I have a buddy in the Blue Jays that played for us. Like, our team was, was stacked. Yeah. Um, and at such a young age, I remember just, like, the winning mentality was just, was just poured into us. So, I mean, when I got here, that's the same, that's the same thing. Win, 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 win. And I'm so used to it because that's what we were taught was to win. I remember one season we went from spring till fall. We went 97 and six one year, my travel program. It was, it was 12 U baseball. (laughs) We had multiple kids that over 40 home runs in a year. It was, it was just, it was by far the craziest thing. Um, But I would, I'd probably have to say him. And then a lot of my high school coach too, he was the same way. Um, if we get into him later, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, that was my next question pertaining, uh, you know, to high school years, um, you know, coming from Jersey, you know, me and my buddy, we talked, uh, Jersey isn't exactly like a major hotbed in terms of baseball. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure you have high school stories that you want to get into, uh, you know, favorite moment, in high school, you know, where things started to click, or things of that sort. So let's get into, you know, the high school years, man. Yeah. Um, so high school went for baseball wise, went probably different than a lot of other players that I've played, even I've played with now or, or have gone to college and stuff. Um, so I committed to Maryland university of Maryland yeah. before my freshman year of baseball. So I never played a high school game of baseball before I committed. Yeah. Um, so what was weird about that was like going into it, you know, coming into freshman year of high school, it's scary enough. Um, but also having that rap of like, Hey, I have a lot to live up to and I need to see if these seniors accept me or they're not, they're, they're jealous of me or they're, or they don't respect me in that way, or they want to toughen me up. Um, so definitely going into my freshman year of baseball, I was like, Oh man, like I have, a, I have Maryland on my back. People know that I'm committed there. Like, I can't just go out there and be a nobody, you know? So there's a little added pressure besides just making varsity baseball. Um, And now that I look back at it now, like I definitely, like when I reflect, I definitely realized the amount of pressure that was on me that I really didn't, I was ignoring, but it was all like, it was there. Um, But now that I think about it, like it was definitely, it was definitely a crazy experience. Um, But yeah, freshman year went out, made varsity. Um, Everyone accepted me as one of their friends which was awesome. I'm still yeah. close with basically every senior, junior, sophomore that I played with. Um, they're all really good friends of mine. And uh, after freshman year, kind of just took off and in high school. It was good. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's better yeah. than my experience. Uh, <laughs> high school is yeah. the greatest for everybody. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I'm glad you had a yeah. good experience. You know, you can, you can, uh, you know, maybe coach some of us and, teach us how to have better high school years to our kids <laughs> who knows maybe you could be the, yeah. the savior um but murph dog i know you have some more questions dealing with uh you know influences and and younger years and things of that sort so like i know you said you kind of grew up with um bat boy for like your brother's team and 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 everything like that so like mm-hmm. you just kind of grew up around the game and whatnot um so, the, so and cody touched on how New Jersey maybe not be as much of a, a traditional baseball area. It's, it's like, what's, what's like the baseball scene actually like that? Is there more to it? Like, do we like underestimate that yeah. area when it comes to it? Yeah. I, I mean, 
I like to just let jerseys like speak for itself, even when people are like, oh, like it's whatever, because it's it's cold up there, you know. Like we don't, we're not pushing out 150 draft guys like Florida or California a year, yeah. um, you know. But how how densely populated our state is. Um, I would say like New Jersey for Northeast baseball is one of like, we would compete. Like if you put together a complete New Jersey team against Connecticut teams, Maryland teams, Delaware, I, like we would be very, very competitive. Um, I know all around my area. I, I see it more now because I'm in the baseball scene and a lot of people outside of it. It's, it's tough if you're not from, if you're not familiar with baseball, but we have a crap ton of D1 uh uh, baseball players which d1 by itself is an incredible feat even d2 d3 playing college baseball in general is an incredible feat yeah you know and some of us are just lucky enough to play professional baseball it's just how it is um but i know there's there's got to be at least 50 60 pro baseball players in new jersey and there's probably way more than that to be honest um so i would say we don't have like these unbelievable stars that are coming out like crazy, but we do get like two, three, four, five a year. I go into the draft and then I'm getting drafted. Um, so I would say New Jersey is very like underlooked, you know, when it, when it comes to baseball. Um, yeah. But I would say, especially playing in there, it's very, very competitive and we take it very serious. Do, do okay. you think part of the um, maybe, how do you put this? Like, cause you don't, because of the weather and stuff like that, you don't get as many games in and things like that. Do you think that plays to like an, your advantage at all compared to like maybe the kids that grow up south? Or what do you think about playing up north maybe gives you a little bit of an edge compared to yeah. like the everyday kind of stuff? See, I have, a, I have a story about that. So we, my high school team. So I think, I think playing up north, other than not playing enough games and all that stuff, like definitely you get better the more you play. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyone that, meets me and like sees the way I play and sees the way I go about my work ask me if I'm a northeast kid you know just the way we're because we have we don't have that much time to get our work in so everything we do is like let's get it done let's go let's work let's work let's work let's work you know we deal with the cold we wake up in cold mornings and have to go out to the gym um so going into my story we uh my high school team we used to take a trip every year so we used to go to Florida we used to go to Disney and then the one year I was there we went to Los Angeles for a trip um, they said we set up a tournament, we'd start our season out in LA and we'd come back. Um, so we went out to LA and we ran through teams. Like, I don't know how good these teams were com- compared to like higher caliber California teams, but we were like making their small town, like, because we were outside of LA, their small town newspapers. Like it was like, cause they never saw the kind of baseball wow. we were playing. Like we were yeah. the rowdy, rowdy in the dugout like sliding in the kids at second like we were just hard-nosed <laughs> players you know we, we were we were squeeze bunting four times in a row to get four runs kind of thing like it was something that was just never seen I just remember one of the games we were it was a 1-1 game and it starts raining and it does not rain in California right where we were at like this was the first time they had rain in like eight years in this part of California we were in yeah. and the other team just shut down <laughs> Yeah, they just shut down. It was it was a little cold and it was a little rainy. They shut down. We ended up beating them by twelve runs, and they were like, "Oh, we've never seen rain like this. We don't play in rain." And oh. we were just like, we were loving it. We were like, "This is normal. Like we play yeah. through snow. We play through everything." Um, so I've definitely, I've definitely seen, I've seen that with people that are northeast, like my teammate Sam Siani, you know, um, who's I'm actually with right now in Pirate City. Is mm-hmm. we, I we're not. I'm not saying we're better. We're whatever. 
but I just say we have that little bit of edge that that people that have like the all year round summers and and warm weather and are are kind of like being able to play through the winter, you know, like down here in Florida, like it's almost November here and I'm outside sweating, you know, um, we don't have that luxury. We're, we're in the cold We're we have to wait and there's nothing worse than waking up. And I know you guys know what I'm talking about. There's nothing worse than waking up in the cold in the morning and having to get out of your covers and I have to go get a lift in. Then I have to hit for an hour and then I have to work on top of that, you know? So it's like, it's just that little bit of a grinder mentality that you see a lot of Northeast players have. And we love that about our, each other. You know, every Northeast person I meet, we automatically click because of that. Yeah, I, I, I would assume that like things of that sort growing up in, you know, the Northeast or just in the North mm-hmm. in general, uh, it kind of gives you that mentality where you can't slack off whatsoever. You have to get work in or yeah. the elements will just screw you over. So mm-hmm. I think that kind of instills in a lot of kids. And you saw that with, you know, Quinn Priester growing up in Illinois. You know, that's cold state had to, you know, pitch in his goddamn basement in a a dryer. You know what I mean? Like it it, it gives the, it's really easy to make excuses. Yeah. 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 Makes kids gritty, Um, which you love to see And, and baseball who, you know, it's not like football to where everyone's gritty, you know, you have to have that sort of edge. Um, I kind of want to fast forward now, uh, you know, to draft day and, and, you know, the feelings that, you know, surrounded it. Um, obviously, you were a late round mm-hmm. draft pick. I think it was the 30th round. Um, and you mentioned Correct. your commitment to Maryland. Um, you know, what exactly happened there? And, you know, you went mm-hmm. uh, under slot, which was commendable by you. Um, was yeah. it just a, you know, screw it, I'm just going to play baseball and show these guys and, you know, talk about all the feelings that surrounded that, man. Yeah, it was kind of a mix of both. Like, I knew soon the day after I came into Maryland, my my next goal was pro ball. And my thing was, I'm playing pro ball no matter what. Like, I, I, I was a above-average student. Like, I didn't do much work. I committed. Like, I didn't have to do much. I just had to pass my classes. But I was, I was a smarter kid. I wouldn't say I'm, like, smart. Um, but school just wasn't for me. Like, I just wanted to – I just wanted to play. I just wanted to use my body as my job, you know? I didn't want – I wouldn't want to use my head as um, – so after I committed as a freshman, you know, it kind of put me on the radar for all the national tournaments, like perfect game. I don't know how familiar you guys are with that. Yeah. Like perfect game tournaments and, yeah. and all that other stuff. Um, so after my, after I committed freshman year, it kind of put me on the radar. I was after my freshman year of high school baseball. And after I committed, I was 15th in the country overall for all, for my class for 2018 class. Um, so going to tournaments and stuff, I was always one of the highest ranked kids at every tournament. Um, going to the sophomore year, I think I was 30th, and I stayed like that. Um, so what, real, what happened after that is – now I'm not going to put all of this on on whatever I'm going to say because there's a lot of other factors that go into it. Um, there's a lot of other good players out there that deserve to be drafted. Um, but my junior year, we the year we went out to California that I was talking about, I, um, I subluxed my shoulder on a check swing. So, like, it popped out, popped back in kind of thing. Okay. Um, so up to this point, I mean, I've had things – not not easy i'm working hard but like i've had things go good for me you know what i'm saying i I make varsity i commit um this was kind of like one of the first adversities that was thrown at me that i really ever had to deal with in the baseball world i was always just good you know i never had to deal with anything um so i ended up missing really 30 games so i ended up missing 16 games 17 games that season 
Um, okay. And if you're any familiar about like how it all works, but like junior year is one of the most important years, if not the most important year for your draft, especially if you're like a higher ranked guy. Um, so then, so I came back, I did decent my junior year. Um, I mean, good compared to what like an average high school, high school um, player does, but like it was nothing compared to my sophomore freshman year. Um, so then I had to roll into my tournaments and my showcases, like the big showcases, like the national showcases down here in uh, Fort Myers and all them. And I just was not myself. Like I lost a, a shit ton of weight because I couldn't work it out because of it. Um, I was not, I wouldn't say I was depressed at this point, but like, I just knew my swing was where I was. I was scared to swing because it hurt. Um, so I went into all these showcases. I mean, I was like 50th in the country at this point. So I'm making perfect game all American. I'm supposed to make all these, all these, uh, um, showcases. Um, I go out, I, I mean, I put on a decent performance at the showcase. I've run like a six, 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 seven. I threw 93 from the outfit, 94. Hit some balls off the monster in JetBlue Park. Um, I ended up dropping. So the, the reports came out the next week. Um, and I ended up dropping from 50th in the country to like 140 in one showcase. Right. Now, like showcases aren't everything, but it is. You know, like whoever yeah. says showcases in it. Unless some dude grows six inches his senior year and starts dropping absolute tanks, like it, it matters a little bit. Um, so I ended up missing that. I missed area code because of that. I've missed I missed the like the East Coast Pro games that were played in. So because of that, I, I missed I missed a lot. Um, so going from fiftieth in the country to one hundred and fiftieth is a big difference, especially at the one showcase. I still don't know how that happened anyway. Um, so that kind of led into my senior year, you know, and, and I was just like, all right, screw it. Like, I don't care about rank. I'm just going to go do my thing. If whatever happens, happens. Um, and then after that, I remember, I just remember telling my parents, I was like, listen, like, I want to play professional baseball. Like, that is my dream. That is my goal. If I don't make it, that's on me. Like, they have college paid for it. Like, that's the new thing for whatever, for high school draft guys. I was like, I want to take my chance now. I want to grow in a system when I'm 18 and grow up through it. I don't want to just get in when I'm almost at my peak ability out of college. Yeah. Um, it was not about money for me. You know, I mean, obviously money would be great. Getting a couple million dollars would be awesome. Right. But my thing was, I just wanted to get in. I didn't want to take that risk of going to college. If anything happened, I was ready. I was mature enough. I was ready to go. And I thought I could handle it. Um, so I was like, listen, guys, I'm signing for a cookie. Like if they give me a cookie, I'm going. Um, <laughs> so... So uh, draft day rolls around. We're up and coming to the draft. And my agent at the time, I'm not with her anymore. Um, we were no bad blood, but we just, we just weren't. We just didn't work well together. Um, yeah. And uh, what's it called? So draft day is approaching and, like, the Pirates are in contact with me. So I have the Pirates. I had, like, the Mariners. I had, like, two other teams that were kind of in contact with me. Um, and then day of draft the first day of draft I knew I wasn't gonna get drafted in the first day by this point like it was just a known thing um the only one interested was the Pirates still so we were like all right let's see what we can get um so uh I would say that the draft was one of the best but the absolute worst like times of my life I think it was the most stressful time stressful I've ever been in my life I've never been more stressed in my whole entire life um first day rolls around I don't get picked now remind you that I'm still in high school at this point. So like the draft is going on and I am in class. Right. So every, like everyone knows (laughs) I'm getting drafted or supposed to get drafted. So that every day that goes by, it's like, Hey, you get drafted yet. Hey, you get drafted yet. 
So I'm sitting here, like, not only am I worried about, like, me not getting drafted yet, but I have to hear in every class a teacher asking me, a student asking me, a principal asking me, oh, hey, man. they call your name yet? Hey, they call your name yet? And I'm like, no, no, no. All right, so <laughs> second day rolls around, and they said they were going to pick me late the second day or to start the third day, so around the 12th round. Um, mm-hmm. I have a story about that with one of my teammates. Something happened between with those rounds, but I, I can't really talk about it. Um, so 12th round <laughs> rolls around and I, and I don't get selected. And I was like, what is going on? So I'm, I'm like freaking out at this point. I'm getting really frustrated. I'm getting really mad. Um, so I go into school for my third day of sitting through the draft and I'm sitting on my computer and I'm watching the draft go by. They're picking people, they're picking people, they're picking outfitters, they're picking infielders and I'm just freaking out. Right. So it gets to a point where like the 26th, 27th round rolls around. I've been told I was getting picked three times. Right now, this is nothing on my scout, nothing on the Pirates. It's just how the draft works. There's just stuff that happens that you can't control, you know? Um, so at this point, school ends, and I am pissed. Like, I am mad. Like, I am like, I'm going to have to go to college now. I made the mistake of, like, I kind of got ahead of myself. I texted my college coach, and I was like, screw the draft. Like, I'm coming. Like, uh, and I'm starting to text my boys that are going to school with, that were going to go to school with me. Right? So – I'm so mad. I'm supposed to go to my lift in uh, at my facility. I'm like, I'm going to start lifting for college. Like I'm getting drafted out of college now, right? There's only the 27th round. There's 13 more rounds. Right. right? So I, I, I'm like so mad. I'm like, you know what? So I pull into a Wendy's, right. And I go through a drive through and I'm sitting there and I, I literally put my phone on the table. I just put the ringer on just in case anybody called me and it's just sitting there. I'm like angrily eating this bacon, baconator. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> And all of a sudden, my phone just starts blowing up, like blowing up. And I'm like, what? I looked at my phone, and the first call I answered was my scout. And he said, congratulations. Like, we have just selected you with the 800-and-something pick of the MLB draft in the 30th round. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is crazy. And then, like, it started to hit me because I'm getting calls from my parents. Because I'm not home. I'm just pissed off. Yeah. I'm getting calls from my parents. I'm seeing tweets. I'm seeing all this stuff just compiled on. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Right. But it still doesn't hit me. I'm still mad. Like I'm still, I'm still really mad because I've been told three times that I'm getting drafted and I haven't been, Yeah, you know, it's kind of just like, Oh, 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 oh you know? <laughs> so I, I go get my lift in, I get done. I come back to my house and I, my girlfriend was with me. My mom was with me and my dad was with me and we were in the living room and I was like, screw this. I'm going to college. And my mom, my whole life wanted me to go to college. She was like, you need a certain amount of money or you're going to college. And I was like, mom, no, this is how I'm doing it. Like, this is my career. Like, I know you're very influential, but this is how I'm doing it. And the, one of the main reasons that I, it was her and my girlfriend, cause my dad wanted me to go to pro ball, but it was her and my girlfriend. They both said the same thing. They, they were like, Hey, sleep on it. Because two days, three days ago before the draft started, you said you would sign for a cookie. And now you're just getting ahead of yourself and you're just mad because you didn't get selected where you were. They're like, this is your dream. This is your life. Like, if I were you, I would sleep on it and then wake up and see what you want to do. I would not tell anybody anything right now. Yeah. Right. So I was like, it's okay. So I go to bed. I wake up in the morning and the feeling of waking up and knowing I'm, if I say one word, if I say the word, yes, I'm a professional baseball player. Right. And that kind of just hit me. I was like, you know what? This is unbelievable. You know? Yeah. So I ended up making my decision that night. Um, 
my agent and I and the organization had some miscommunications and some missed opportunities to get more money. Um, I realized that now after having a new agency that things kind of went awry. Um, but I mean, I'm happy of what happened. I'm happy that I, I got picked like that. I think it gave me a little bit more chip on my shoulder to kind of just go out there and be like, <clears throat> Hey, I'm a 30th round guy, but I'm going to play like a first rounder. And you're going to wish you gave me more money to keep me around, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, that's kind of how that went. When I woke up, I, I, I called my agent. And I was like, hey, and not my agent. I called the, my uh, my scout and I was like, hey, listen, I'm accepting this. This is amazing. Thank you guys so much. Blah, that's blah. awesome. That's yeah. Awesome, so it was, it was awesome. the, my dad's actually, he's been talking about it for years, but my best friend got drafted the, the season before me out of the same high school. My friend from growing up he got drafted yeah. to the Blue Jays in the 28th. My dad and him want to um, want to write a book called The Three Days in July. Write the, the rest in July, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, The Three Days of July because or how June. stressful yeah. it was. Yeah. Or June, three days of June, whatever yeah. the month is. Um, just to explain what the, what the thoughts and the stresses are of going through the draft for three days. That's um, awesome. Especially not as like a first-round yeah, person. You know? That was probably one of the best – longest and most in-depth draft feelings I've ever heard like I ask everyone that and you, usually it's like the basic answer well yeah I kissed my girlfriend my mom my dad we cried we hugged blah 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 but yours was like raw emotional and like real and I think a yeah. lot of fans don't realize how dirty and how uh, gritty and how disappointing and how exciting the draft process can be especially in baseball um, so I appreciate you, you know, going into awesome. in incredible detail with that, Jack. Um, of course. But Murph, I, I, I see you brewing over there, and I know you're the master <laughs> so, of questions. So, <laughs> so one thing, so like me and Cody, we, we watched the, the minor leagues a lot, and me personally, watching you guys in Bradenton was probably yeah. the, the funnest I had this this year watching it. I think, and I think the moment that stuck out the most to me during the season was that walk off hit walk off on run that you hit against I think it was Clearwater. Yeah. Um, it, the the moment for that for me was just because like you were hitting so well at the time. And I, I could have swore I tweeted about it right before you came to came to the plate. I can't find the tweet. So I don't know maybe I didn't send it. You but messaged like, I just me. knew. You messaged me. Yeah, you I messaged you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I messaged Cody and I'm like, he's gonna hit a walk off right here. Like because you were just <laughs> hitting so and you could just feel it. You could feel it coming yeah. off the TV when we were watching it. What on on from your side, from your perspective, what's it like when you're just like dialed in like that? When you're just like, it, you do you have that same kind of feeling like oh. when you step to the plate, like you just know I'm going to do something, I'm going to hit the ball. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could like fully put it into words because if I could, then I'd be dialed in all the time. You know, <laughs> it's like that's it's like. That's true. It's like one of those things when you're when you're doing it, you're not thinking about how like how well you're doing. It's just kind of like you're stepping up there. Every swing you take, it happens to be hitting the ball. You know, obviously there's like good approaches that go into doing stuff, but you know when you're when you're just dialed in like that, like I I can remember the feelings of like what my thought processes were, but like then three weeks later I was having the same thought processes, but I wasn't hitting well. You know, so it's like. It's such a it's such a give and go with baseball. That's why it's so hard to be consistent. You see dudes, you know, struggle seven out of ten times if they're lucky. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. It's cause like you just fight for that feeling of, oh, that that's where I want to be. And then you fight you it 
it you can get in trouble because then you can fight the rest of your season fighting for that feeling instead of adjusting and adapting and finding a new feeling that gets you there, you know? Um, but that, I mean, that walk-off and run, I've never hit a walk-off in my life ever. Okay. So ever? that was one of the most, no. And I, I, I've had opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> I've had opportunities. I've grinded out to the pitcher. I've struck out. Oh man. Um, but that was, that was probably one of the coolest things I've, I've ever done, especially how my season started compared to how it ended and having that walk off from run, you know, it was just like a, it was just a complete up and down craziness. Um, Probably but walking yeah, out here after that. Yeah. But like, it, it, it sounds so like, not, I don't know, corny, but like, I remember walking up to the plate with man on whatever first and second it was. And I remember saying to myself, this is the calmest I've ever been going up to bat. Ever. And like you, I've heard people say that I've heard from the dudes in the Cubs. I hit that walk off and run in the playoffs years ago, a couple of years ago that he said it was the calmest he's ever been at the plate. And for some reason, I mean, like, it's not like this game was some playoff game, but I was going up there, I guess, cause I was hitting well, but I was literally like, I was like, just do the job. Like there's no other, I had no other emotion. It was almost like I was like blank, blank. My mind was just blank. And it was the calmest I think I've ever been in the box and I've ever been walking up to the plate. It was, it was, it was, a, it was really crazy. The question I have for you, like it kind of stems off of that. <clears throat> um, did anyone tell you anything like a certain, like minimum you have to do at that at bat or was it just like, go do your thing? No, you know, um, for, I think it would have been different. I think we, I think I would have had a conversation with somebody if this was like my first year of pro ball or my second year of pro ball, but, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been with us. If you include the COVID year, four years this was my fourth season if you include covid um and being one of the i mean our team was young so being one of the semi older guys i mean they're you're younger than me um i think the coaches kind of just wanted to see what i was going to do in that moment and see what i was trying to do and to can be to be completely honest with you i was literally thinking the opposite of that's i think that's why i was so calm i think i was just like so like i had a saying this year and i brought it into the team and I brought it into our coaches is because I heard Mason Martin say it one time, you know, and this was the year he hit 150 RBI, some crazy thing. You know, but it kind of resonated with me is he said, those runners on base are your next paycheck. If you don't get them in, you don't get paid, Ooh. you know? And it's not like that, that pressure of like, Oh, I'm not going to get paid. But like every runner I have on base is a hundred dollars to me. Mm. And in my head, if I, if I get out and I don't get them in, then there's a hundred dollars off my paycheck that I do not get. You know, and that kind of stuck with me because it's not just like, oh, I got to do this for the team. Yes, you're doing it for the team. That's obvious, you know, but when it's just you versus the pitcher, you're doing it for yourself, for the team, you know. Um, So to kind of have that mentality kind of like stuck with me. I don't know if he still thinks like that. And I don't even think he even would remember that he said that to me. But I remember just being a younger guy and, and watching Mason hit in Greensboro and just watching how unbelievable it was. And I'm like, how does he get a hit every single time there's somebody on base? It was a, it was absurd to me, right? That's and a that lot kind of resonated. With, yeah, That's... and I was, it kind of resonated with me. Oh, it's way more than we get paid the amount of RBIs. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> um, Louise. Um, but that's just kind of that kind of stuck with me, and I was like, you know what? That's that that's kind of the mentality I had. And I I remember when I started doing not as well that I lost that mentality. And to start the season, I didn't have that mentality. It kind of just clicked. Um, but yes, I was trying to do the opposite of home run. I was actually, I saw a man on first and second. We only needed, I think, one run to tie it or win. 
And I was like, all I need is a single to the right side of the field right now because they had played the shift on me, and we win this game. I said, that's all I need. I said, just look for a pitch out over the plate, on the on the outside of the plate, and just try to slap it over the second, which would have been the second baseman's head, but they had the shift on. Yeah. And he hung a breaking ball. And since I was trying to go that way, I was a little early on it, and I caught it. And I, I pimped it <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. It's all just good. <laughs> I wish they kept the camera on me longer. I was like, I was like my first real pimp job ever. I wanted to see that. All I hear in the dugout is JJ yelling at me to run because he didn't think it was going out. And like, I remember like looking in the dugout, looking at him, just smiling and like flipping the bat. And he was like, he's like, run, run. And then he sent me a text later of the video and he goes, yeah, I want to apologize for that. I didn't realize how far that ball was hit. <laughs> I was an absolute moonshot, but I have to say it your was. pimp job wasn't as good as Goody's walk-off walk. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm, I'll tell you what, right now. We were sitting in the dugout when he took that pitch, and I said – I remember thinking to somebody and saying, I don't think anybody on the team besides Sammy Siani takes that pitch, ever. I think I swing at it. I think Jay <laughs> swings at it. I think I think Hudson swings. I think we all swing at it. That pitch, we looked in the strike zone, the automatic strike zone, and it was like an inch above the zone. Yeah. And he just took it. And then the, the ones to take before that with a pressure situation, like taking a pitch in a pressure situation is so much harder than actually trying to swing the bat. Yeah. I mean, that goes to show why uh, the big man, the GM, wanted Goody and said, here you go. You can have Grant exactly. Noggle. Here's Abraham Gutierrez. And he has shown patience at the plate, and it's a marvel to see. Um, yes, but I kind of wanted to, you know, backtrack a little bit at the beginning of the year. You mentioned it, and it was a struggle. We, there's no secret. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you were, what was it, the FCL? I'm pretty sure it is now. Um, yes, it's called the FCL. Yeah, they changed it. I, I it was the GCL. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either, man. It's just, it's just words at this point. Um, what exactly were you trying to figure out down there? Was it a different approach? Because we were watching your at bats, and it seemed like something was different than years yeah. previous. So, what exactly changed with you? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it definitely was very tough having a year and a half off of baseball. You know? Of course, and I, and I wasn't one of those guys that was invited to taxi squad or invited to instructs. Um, so that and this is nothing to them. Like they, they're they're unbelievable players. Everybody hit well in Greenville, hit above that. Um, but I literally went a year and a half without seeing a live pitch or seeing anything. And there was a lot of players that got to go to the taxi squad or go to the or, or go to the instructional league or go play winter ball or do stuff like that. You know, why I sat at the beach all summer and then had a train. You know. Um, so I've, I've had talks with our coordinators and stuff and because another thing was like I came in because I wanted to I wanted to look different I wanted to look bigger I wanted to look stronger so it looked like I didn't take a year and a half off and did nothing you know which I kind of messed up because I came in too big you know like I came in like if I was going to perform in bodybuilding you know like I was strong as shit but I was there was no mobility I, my body didn't move the same way I was stiffer you know um, so just like all of that and like not having an approach for a year and a half, because I wasn't seeing live pitching, all that jumbled in and getting thrown into high A where every team is putting their best arms because of the, the lack of teams. Now everyone's putting their best arms. So it was every day I would play it. I would be seeing 97, 98 with two plus plus pitches. And I didn't even see 93 in a year and a half, Yeah, you know? 
So, yeah, there was definitely a lot of confidence stuff that also went into it. But I think just throwing all those pieces together and just just putting me there, it was just kind of like I was ready for it if I didn't have a year and a half off, you know? Mm, yeah. um, now, honestly, like, I, 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 when I look back at it, like, it's one of the best things that happened to me was getting sent down and being able to work on myself and win a championship with Bradenton, yeah. you know? Like, I have, I, I have no bad blood with anybody about it. Like, I'm very straight up. Like, if I don't play well, I don't deserve to play. You know, that, that's just how I am. Like, I shouldn't be playing over somebody that's hitting 300. Like, that's just not – that's not how it goes. Like, I'm not – I don't want to be that kind of person. Yeah. Um, but change-wise, no. I, I mean, I kind of went down – I kind of went down to um, to Florida, and I worked with our hitting coordinator, um, Tucker, and I worked with um, a guy – I don't know if you guys know who he is. I don't know if we just know him in the organization, but his name's Bart. He's from the Netherlands. So he's kind of like our – he's our like one of our main hitting guys. Um, okay. He's like one of our – one of our side-hitting hitting coordinators. He's a big uh, – He's all about body movement and body mechanics guy. So he knows how your body moves and all that stuff. Yeah. So I went down for, um, before I started playing games, I went down for a week with them. Um, and we kind of just reconstructed my whole swing. You know, we kind of tried to get back to what I was doing in 2019, but also um, advanced in a way where I wasn't just like a one-dimensional hitter like I was in 2019. Like I can only hit the ball to right field for power, you know? Um, and it's because I was getting lucky. There's a lot of mechanical stuff that go into that, but we were just kind of reconstructing in a week because I had a good base. There was just two or three things that we needed to fix that would just get the rest of my body move, moving well, you know? Yeah. Um, so we kind of just grinded it out for a week. I was working. I was hitting for like two hours a day, just sweating, sweating, just working. I was like, I got to figure this out. Like, I got I to gotta figure it out. After having a year off, I don't, have a, I don't have a chance to have an extra year to give myself, you know? Right, yeah. Um, so I worked for a week with them. They left. They went off to different affiliates to work with other players and stuff. So I kind of just went out. We, we created a drill, a drill package for myself, drills I do every day. Um, and I, I stuck to that. Like, I stuck to that whether I went 4 for 4 or 0 for 4. You know, I kept that same drill package because it would just lock me in for the day. So I created that, went to the FCL when that started. Started off pretty well. Um, got, got called up. Well, it took a little longer than I hoped to because I, I hurt my hamstring a little bit when I was in extended. Yeah. Um, so I got caught up. And then from the FCL, so from Greensboro to FCL, I made a big improvement. And then from the FCL to Greensboro, I made, I think, even bigger improvements. Right. I went to a, I went to a toe tap in the FCL. I, and then I went, in the, I went into, um, into Bradenton and I just had better, I had a better plate approach. Everything just kind of – it started to flow into, like, one stream where it was just, like, I didn't have to worry about any everything. I just had to worry about one thing because everything was get, was going well. Um, that Yeah, that's what it, I noticed. I don't mean to cut you off, but that toe mm-hmm. tap, that's what me and my buddy kept pointing out. There was, yeah. like, a different toe tap, and I thought maybe it was, like, a timing mechanism, something of it that is, yeah. sort. Okay. Yeah. it's yeah, That was, like – I think that was the one of the first things. No, so I fixed – I tried to fix a couple of the same things when I went down to Extended. And they kind of just weren't, they were working, but they really weren't working off of live pitching, you know? So I was like, how can I find a way to be closer to being perfectly on time every time? Because whether you have a good swing or a bad swing, if you're on time, you have a better chance. Everyone knows that, right? Yeah. So I was like, how can I figure out how to, how to be on time more often? Right. And for me, 
I had a I had a bad trial. I have a, I have a problem. I couldn't control like my forward move for the pitcher. Like you see batters, like they don't just stand on their back leg. They have a little bit of a shift going forward. Yeah. And I couldn't control that because I'm not a leg kick guy. My my just the way my stance was, it wasn't it wasn't built to have a forward move that could be controlled. You know, <clears throat> I could have built it, but I would have needed like a month like I'm doing here to build it. Yeah. I was like, how can I find a shortcut that can help me do this? So I was like, you know what? I've seen Chipper Jones hit. Bryce Harper at this point went to a toe tap in the season. And um, because I'm from Philly, I, I Harper's probably my favorite player right now um, in the big leagues. So I was like, he's doing it, and he looks like he's more inclined. So I was like, let me try it. So I went in, first game with the toe tap, home run. It was a bomb off the Red Sox. Yeah. And I was like, I was effortlessly, like, trying to be on time. Like, I didn't even need to, like, put full emphasis on it. It just kind of, it just kind of made me load my back leg more. I had more of like a, uh, like a load and a gather, and it kind of just pulled my whole body together and made me connect more in my swing. I don't know. I think that's if I don't think if I went to a toe tap, I think my season goes differently. That's yeah. how much like that's how much I put on the that toe tap. Yeah, I mean they call boxing the sweet science, but baseball, man, when things click, it's, it's way sweeter. Baseball's got or boxing's got nothing on baseball with this kind of. No, absolutely. No, Science and math. If you guys could sit in on the meetings that we have about mechanics and, and different things, like it is like, if I were to not know baseball and sit in, in these meetings, I'd be like, you guys are crazy. Just see the ball, hit the ball. But it's really that hard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, shit, man. You got 97 coming at you and you got like two tenths of a second to decide if you're swinging or not. It, yeah. it, it's insane. insane. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm at a loss for words as no, far yeah, as that goes. I can, I can listen to him talk about just like the mechanics of swinging like all, all, all night for that. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't oh, even really me. want to move on to the next <laughs> next section. Trust like, me, I dude. Like, I can take over at this point. <laughs> I, if I didn't have to go to sleep tonight at all and have a work day tomorrow, I could be on here until 2 a.m. talking about hitting. But no, we, I, might, we could do that some other time. No, I feel it. Um, no, I'm all for that. Yeah, I got um, a couple questions left, and I, I'm sure Murph yeah. does too. So uh, go ahead, go Murph. I got it. Um, so like, fast forward at end of season on it. You talk about like the the grind and and that and the day to day trying to stay consistent and all that. Um, but it's a it's a long season. Got to be mentally, physically draining and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this off season, what do you? what do you do like plan wise for like to, to rest, but to stay in rhythm and stuff like that? Cause I know you want to, you, after, you know, the extra season with the playoffs and yeah. with the playoff and everything like that, um, don't want to overwork yourself heading into next year. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, so I'm taking a little bit of a different approach this off season. And I think I, I'm hoping we, we're going to see in the future. I'm just taking it day by day, but I think it's going to benefit me. Um, I'm just trying to stay a little bit leaner like that, that weight I put on coming in that extra weight, I, I didn't need it to have home runs. And I realized that towards the end of the season because I was where I'm at now. Maybe I was maybe I was a little thicker, but it's, it's where I'm at now. And I had the same amount of power, if not more, than I did when I had all that weight um, and all that strength. So that's one of the big things I'm focused on this offseason is staying leaner, uh, more athletic. My lifts are not as, as um, bicep curl, bench press, squat related. They're more like – Hey, how can I be better on the field? What exercises are going to make me better on the field? Um, I've definitely been eating a lot better than I have been. Like I've been eating super clean. I've been trying to stay healthy with that. Um, no bacon. And then, no, not anymore. I get one <laughs> cheat meal a week. And, oh man, when I eat it, 
it's amazing, but I feel like crap, dude. <laughs> I had pizza for the Eagles game the other day, and I regretted it for three days after eating it. Pizza or the Eagles game? Uh, <laughs> we need like a three-hour podcast for that. That's um, yeah, but uh, so that's that's my main goal, like physically for this offseason. Um, and I've talked to some of our coordinators, and that's kind of what they had in, had planned for me also. Um, time off. I've usually, like, taken a lot of time off between hitting and throwing and the season. Like, I usually take, like, three months off, and I won't hit until January or end of December. You know, and they kind of build up into – I just want to be ready to hit by spring training and not work on anything. Um, but the more I think about it, I think I'm going to go about it differently this year because now I'm here at this camp for a month, right? So I've only had three weeks off, two weeks off before I had to come out here and swing and hit and throw and do all that stuff again. Um, I think my plan is I don't think I'm going to take any time off. I, I No, yes, not like every day, but I don't think I'm going to take any time off. I think I'm going to tr- treat it as, and I don't know, this is just a thought. We're going to see how it works going into the season. Yeah. Um, but like, I know my body, like when I, if I work out for a year straight and then I don't lift for a month and a half, two months, and I try to work out again, it's like restarting. Like I, yeah, you know, it's like a fresh sleep, you yeah. know, and I kind of don't want that to happen. I don't want to have to just try to get my swing going again to get it to spring training. You know, I want my swing to be game ready, game like, and everything to go for the first day of spring training. So there's no build up or anything. Um, so we're going to do that this year without like tiring myself out. Um, throwing is a different aspect. Like I don't need to throw that much. I, I'm an outfitter. I get one throw a game, you know, I, um, yeah. as long as my arm strength there, we're good. Um, but I think hitting and, and working out wise, I don't think I'm going to take any time off after this camp. I think I'm just going to roll right into the off season and treat it like I would a month out from spring training. Okay. 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 Re- really, just the last thing I have on it. Go, going mm-hmm. going off of that, is there anything like specific that that you're trying to to work on, or is it just finding consistency, like like you've been saying with your hitting? Yeah. Yeah. No, consistency is big. Um, there's a couple of things working on extension through the ball. That's kind of our main, that's been our main focus of this camp. Um, one of the, I think I'm me and Sammy are the only guys we're working with Jim, our, our, our uh, hitting coach in Bradenton. There's a, there's a bunch of guys here, but every coach is assigned a couple of players and we work through things. Um, so Jim and I's effort right now is to um, get that extension going. So I'm hitting through the ball instead of just hitting the ball and pulling off. So where my top spin comes from, that's where missing those sliders, or um, or missing those balls that are low that are off speeds and I'm just pulling off them and wrapping them foul or swinging through them. Um, so extension is a big thing and just separation with my ha- my hands and my lower body. Um, I've never been a guy that's been able to do that. I'm not like a rhythmic guy. Um, I don't have a rhythmic bone in my body. I don't think I can't dance for anything. I can't do anything. I can't tap my foot to music. You know, um, so I don't have that like smoothness that a lot of players have. So I'm very like a rigid mover in my swing. So we're trying to find a way and we figured it out. We, we did figure it out. Now it's just muscle memory. Um, but we were trying to find a way to have, to have my hands go back while my body's going forward without creating that rigid movement and to still have my quickness and not add length to my swing. Um, so that's been a big thing. And then other than that, I mean, hitting, it's just, it's just, that's the main focus right now is to do that approach stuff. It will come later, like towards the season. Um, mm-hmm. but I just want to make sure that this stuff is mem- muscle memory. So I can only think about approach or I can only think about what pitch to hit instead of bringing, working on mechanics in a spring training. You know, I want the mechanics to be out of the way and I just want to go hit, you know? Yeah. 
Um, the the last two questions I have for you are, yep. are here, and um, this the first question I have it just deals with all minor leaguers, and I think you know where I'm going with this. Um, with the you know the new housing plan that just got passed um, for yeah. minor leaguers, that's that's huge, and it's a big step in the right direction. Um, you know, huge. yeah. Let's touch on that just a little bit, you know, what, what it means mm-hmm. for you and what it means for guys, you know, drafted in the later rounds like you were, you know, because that's one less thing you might not have to worry about. You know, that's things people don't think about. Minor leaguers need food. They need housing and yeah. basic necessities. And you guys aren't yeah. all millionaires. Exactly. Yeah. No, honestly, the day that tweet came out was like almost like a, like it was like weight lifted off my shoulders. And I know a bunch of my friends' shoulders is because. I mean, it's tough, to, especially if you have like a significant other, like if you have a girlfriend or a wife or whatever, and you're not a, if you're not a bonus baby, you know, you don't have your money. It's like, you're almost like, you're almost searching for change in your car for when they visit to pay for hotels and pay for food and to go take them places and do stuff like that. You know, it's tough enough with the money we pay to pay for ourselves, But when you have a girlfriend or a wife that's either living with you or coming down for a week, you know, that's two people you're paying for, yeah. you know? Um, so, I mean, having that housing paid for is huge because in Greensboro, me and Mike Burroughs, um, we, we had apartment, they, they set up apartments, Greensboro set up apartments in different, in, in different parts and it's like off out of the city a little bit too, but we both have girlfriends. So we're just like, Hey, we're going to get, we're going to get this two bedroom apartment that they offered to us. Right. The catch was total. It was $2,400 a month. Right, so twelve hundred each, and we're getting paid two thousand a month without taxes. Right, so after you pay your your monthly bill, right, you have like three hundred dollars left for the rest of the month to to do stuff with, you know. Um, which is another reason I'm glad I wasn't in Greensboro anymore because, <laughs> oh my god, I paid two months. I, I paid a month of that, right? Because the pirates covered the first month. We had to pay. We had eventually had to pay them back, right? But they covered the first month just to help us out because we weren't getting paid yet. And then the second month, my girlfriend came down. So I have $300 to work with for six days. And that's, and I needed the rest of the month to be paid for, you know? Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm not going to just be like stingy. Like I'm, I'm going to make more money. Like I'm not like worried about that. But I remember like when I left Greensboro after she left and I came back down here, I was like, I was just waiting for the next paycheck so I could just pay off $700 for my credit card that I just spent. You know, yeah. like it would have been like, it would have been, it would have been coming back. Like if I was in Greensboro the whole time, I would have been just like, I would have had no money to just spend, like to do stuff. I would have just been eating eggs and bacon every morning, pre-made and, you know, going to the field. Um, so like to know that the housing is paid for and to know that we actually get our 14000 a, a year is unbelievable. Like if I think about it now, like if this happened the first year I was in pro ball, I would have made close to 60 K already. And that would have all been, most of it would have been non-touched, you know, there's no reason to touch that the age I'm at right now and living at home, you know, it's crazy to think instead of having that 60 K I have a thousand dollars from all four years, you know? Yeah. So that's going to be, that's going to be a huge thing. And it's super exciting for these, for the, especially the younger draft guys coming up and the lower draft guys. Cause it's like, we, even the people before me, like, I don't, I haven't done much for any minor league baseball or, or any of the steps, but like, the steps that we took, you know, and the complaints we had and the pressure we put on the organizations and put on and put on minor league baseball and major league baseball, you know, it's, it's helping, it's helping baseball grow and it's just making it, 
it makes the decision of like, hey, I don't know if that that twelfth rounder is unbelievable, but he doesn't know if he should go to college or pro ball because of money. You know, he's getting a full ride here, but he has to pay for housing and pro ball and yeah. not make any money. You know, when he's not getting a lot of money, so it's not even. So you're gonna. I think you're gonna see. I think the steps that are getting taken. I think you're gonna say see a lot more later draft guys signing, especially if start if stuff keeps evolving like this, because there's really no reason besides if you want to go to college and try to get a million dollars or so, you know. Yeah. But like yeah. having stuff paid for like that and and all the other little things that are going into it, you know, the better food we're getting and all that stuff, you know, it kind of it kind of takes that minor league grinder out, you know. We're yeah. kind of just a minor league baseball yeah. player. The only grinding part is we take the buses and we don't fly places like major league baseball does, you know? Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's it, like you said, it's a, it's an incredible feeling. And now you guys can kind of just focus on baseball. There, there's still other things mm-hmm. that need to be worked on. Of yeah. course, um, nothing is perfect, but it's definitely a big step in the right direction. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy for you guys. Yeah. Um, the, the last question that I have for you, and it, it's an important one because my buddy Jeff Reed sent me, sent me this question for you. And he's a workout guy himself. He loves lifting weights and, and lifting and all the, the, cool. that sort of things. He needs yeah. to know what is like your go-to album, song, just when things are oh. clicking at the gym. Like he needs <laughs> to know what slaps, man. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I don't know if I can give slaps because I'm a weird music listener when I work out. Okay. I am the opposite of pump me up like rap stuff. I am like the slower music. Like I like to find that like that that grind and that grit from within and not have anything help me. You okay. know? And I okay. like to like have my mind clear. So I mean he's my favorite artist of all time and it's no coincidence that he's from Pittsburgh, but Mac Miller. Anything okay. Mac Miller I can listen to. It was my walk up song this year. I have a weird obsession with Mac Miller. Like I like if you know when you guys have Spotify or whatever Apple Music, like you know yeah. when you have, have like the the end of the year list, like what you listen to the most. Yep, it's mm-hmm. like ninety four percent Mac Miller, six percent miscellaneous. Like okay. it's actually like that's <laughs> all I listen to. So any Mac Miller song, but if I were to give, um, if I were to give some music that would like pump me up, let me go. On, let me go into my. Oh wait, does that log me out? Yeah. No, you're good. Oh. Um, Oh, I, let me go. Let me look. Let me look real quick. I have a I have a workout playlist. I Let's usually see. just use you know jo- Jonah Davis. He has a really good yeah. workout pl- a playlist that I listen to. Um, but I would, oh, man, I don't know. I'm so weird in the gym. Like I'm not like that, you know. <laughs> I think Drake is great. Like the not the slower Drake songs, but the regular Drake songs. J yeah. Cole and Jack Harlow. Um. Yeah. It's popping. I, I, yeah. Brand new whips exactly. popped in. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Little Wayne's great. I mean, I, I don't I don't have that like uh, I'm the opposite of like I'm listening to death metal, you know? Yeah. I'm like I'm like listening to that casual, like put me to sleep music. I, I lift. You, man. And everyone that I lift with hates it. But I <laughs> I, I, I refuse <laughs> to change. And like I take over the Bluetooth in the cage too every day. And it's like, whatever I want, I just put it on and I just listen to people yapping about it in my ear. And I'm like, listen, I'm doing this. You bring your phone out next time then, you know? Um, so I'm definitely, a, I'm definitely a weird music listener when it comes to like having to be pumped up. Like I'd rather be calmed down and find that, that pump up from not something external. 
Like my walk-up song this year was a Mac Miller song. My girlfriend got me a Mac Miller shirt for, for my birthday. You know? That's like awesome. if I could do one thing in life, it would have been go to his concert or make it to the big leagues and meet him when he would come and visit the, the field. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, dude. Jack, I, I, I really can't thank you enough. This has been an absolute pleasure. Your storytelling is yes. something that to be marveled. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> like I said, I've never heard a draft story like yours uh, be told. Um, and just the way you speak, man, you got a de- definitely broadcasting career in your future for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Smith, if you're listening, Jack might take your job for Bradenton real soon. <laughs> Spence, let's go, dude. My off yeah. days, I will be coming to up into the booth and we'll be t- tag teaming it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. Man. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pull up Brett Phillips and go to the World Series. And... There you go. <laughs> but Jack, like I said, man, I can't thank you enough. And you know, hopefully we can yeah, reconnect soon. Um yeah. you know, let us know what you think of the podcast when you listen to it. Hopefully it made you sound good and hopefully we hopefully. sounded all right. Um I'm a little upset. Someone disrespected honey barbecue chips today at work. And I'm a little sad about that, but that's okay. Cause I got wow. Jack, I got Jack Herman on the <laughs> podcast. So everything's Absolutely. good. Absolutely. <laughs> all, all, all <laughs> but brother, like I said, can't thank you enough and we'll talk soon. I appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Man, thank you. Yep. Not a problem. Man. Going, man. Later. Dude. That was, that was fucking, that was fucking that, awesome. Yes, it was. I will bleep out the F word there folks. No, I'm kidding. I don't care. It was amazing. Okay. <laughs> it was amazing, man. Jack is one hell of a storyteller folks and what a hell of a second episode (laughs) yeah this is for this is for the culture man brand new i i got a great feeling man this is amazing like like i'm like i I mean maybe i say this after everyone talked to you but like i like i'm all aboard like hyping with it because like like and you like even on like a thing you talk about like his attitude how he approached the field and getting to work like that's going to be like he's going to be a Pittsburgh fan favorite like immediately the second he steps in on the PNC part just there with that kind no of attitude doubt. yeah there yeah. is no I, doubt like I'll sign so. for a cookie dude that's amazing I will give yeah. you a chocolate chip cookie right now Ben Chancellor, where are you at I got negotiation <laughs> skills <laughs> but Murph man I'm so glad you came back and and you're good and and you're 100 percent Hopefully your yeah. job, uh, you know, selling, slanging them phones ain't doing too much uh, damage to you. Nah, nah. <laughs> I actually got news <laughs> on that coming soon, but uh, oh, okay. that's, that's for a different thing. Yeah. Okay. I got that's, you. That's, that's for another day. <laughs> I got you. But guys, that is going to do it for episode numero dos of Pittsburgh Baseball Now podcast, Marfanko Experience, whatever the hell you want to call it. Shout us out. Tell us what you want, because this is for the fans, after all. And we'll listen to your suggestions. As long as it's not Bob Nutting sucks, I'm cool with it, man. Because, you know, we get I get emails like that every day. And it's all good in the hood because you're just bitter (laughs) and you got them sour grapes in your mouth. But it's all good in the hood. And, folks, we just want to shout you out and say we love you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and we would greatly appreciate a like subscribe and follow. Um, Definitely, definitely give us a follow on social media and we got to shout out our social medias now so you can follow them because if I didn't, how would you follow us? Uh, So to start off with me, 
I would appreciate follows on both of my accounts. That is at tankpotanko 13 or you can do it the cool cat stew and follow at Murfanko Experience, which is M-U-R-P-H-A-N-K-O. And then you know how to spell spell experience, so I'm not gonna spell that. Um did I just did I just give myself away and say I don't know how to spell spell experience? I think no, you did. no, no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I think you did. I, I, I have a sixth grade education. I'm good, man. <laughs> Murph, give your socials, man. And we got to say goodbye to the people. I Follow me on Twitter at double underscore Murphy 88. And we can uh, talk some baseball. I, I think we all, we got into quite a thing this morning uh, <laughs> over, over stuff. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Come on, come on over. Have a good talk, talk with us. <laughs> Yark, if you're listening, you know what we're saying, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Learn some Spanish, bro. Learn some Spanish. Yeah. But no, guys, it's all love. It's all good in the hood, like I said. And we appreciate you listening and following along. Um, pretty soon, we're going to have you know this up on YouTube. So you get to see our ugly mugs every single time we post. Um, and you get to see Murph's beautiful facial hair for the first time. And you get to see my pink sweater. So that's cool. Anyways, guys, we love you. And we'll talk soon. Let's go Bucks.